In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Blessed Feast of Palm Sunday. Just last night, at Vespers, Abuna Anthony was sharing with us, and he said something really that we all feel, that how fast did Holy Lent pass? I feel like we were just here talking about the journey of Lent. And the journey leads us to this point. The journey that we're on, this is the next stop. The stop to celebrate our king entering into Jerusalem. And the journey began with the Sermon on the Mount, began with stories of repentance, with the prodigal son, Samaritan woman. It continued with different stories of healings, all the way to just yesterday when we celebrated our Lord raising Lazarus from the dead. And today, we celebrate and rejoice as he enters into Jerusalem. And he enters in as a king. He enters in as a king. And as we celebrate him and the people celebrate him, they're screaming Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're chanting. And they're waving palm trees. And they're putting garments on the floor so that even the colt doesn't step on the floor. And this excitement, this joy, this, this rejoicing of our Lord entering into Jerusalem is something that we here today are celebrating. And now, if you look at some of the things that we're noticing, today everyone celebrates him and says, save us, save us. And on Friday, the same crowd cry out, crucify him, crucify him. We see that our Lord enters into the gates of Jerusalem. If you've ever visited into Jerusalem, there's different gates. He entered into the main gate in Jerusalem. And next week, he enters into the gate, the gates of Hades, and then comes out through the, the tomb. And so when we see this, we, we celebrate, we have to also acknowledge and understand what does it mean for us? We see our Lord entering on a donkey or a colt. And this idea of him entering as a king, entering in this manner, seems strange. You think of a king coming in, you know, there, there's, uh, there's just anything here, anybody important here will have an, a police escort. They'll have limos and, and things like that. And the idea of our king coming in in such a humble way reminds us of who he is and what type of king he is. And so when the people are asking to be saved, what are they asking to be saved from? The people there were expecting a king, were waiting for a king. Remember, these were the same people that we learned early on in their history that they wanted a ruler. They wanted a king. And God said, I am your king. And they said, no, God, we want somebody 
with us. We want somebody there. We want somebody in flesh that we could connect to, that we could follow, that we can see, that we could follow. And he gave them Saul. And, and Saul was chosen. And then Saul kind of veered off the path. And they wanted another king. And he gave them David. And this is why in the prayers today, in the psalms, in the hymns, we sing, Hosanna in the highest, the king, son of David. Son of David. Because they wanted a king, and this was kind of from the lineage of David. They are celebrating him. They want him as a king. But why? Why were they in need of a king? Or why did they want a king? We see that during the time that they lived in, they lived in a time where they were stuck under Roman rule. They were struggling. They had everything you can think of. Everything was negative. The tax collectors were stealing from them. The, the guards were all around making sure that they don't cross, like move, they have to follow certain rules. All of these things were happening, they were stuck. And so they wanted a king. And this, I feel like as we chant Hosanna and Evlogimenos and all this excitement, they were doing the same, but they had a sense of relief. They had a sense of, my king is here. He's going to save us. He's going to get us out of this mess. And that's how we should look at our king as well. That when our king enters into our life, there should be a sense of relief. Now, many, many people in their homes or have seen pictures of, and everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about, of Jesus standing behind a door knocking. We've seen that picture before, that image before. And it's a strange image, because why is Jesus standing behind a door? And if you ever look at that picture that many of us have and have seen growing up, I remember in, the, in my parents' house growing up, there was a huge picture at the top of the steps of this picture of Jesus standing behind a door. But there's no doorknob on Christ's side. Like if you ever look at that picture, there's, not, there's no doorknob. He can knock, which he says he does. He knocks, but the entrance comes in, the door opens from the inside. And this is exactly what this feast is about. That our Lord is entering into Jerusalem. But as in Jerusalem, they allowed him in. But they didn't, as we realized throughout the week, they didn't accept how he was going to reign. They didn't accept the type of kingdom that he was going to live in. The type of kingdom that he was going to establish. And so today we see the Lord entering into our own hearts. Now the question we have to ask ourselves and I would say, let's start asking ourselves today and for the rest of the week. What things do we need to be saved from? What things do we want to be 
saved from. What things do we want to, as I open the door for our Lord into my heart, what do I want Him to save me from? Because we can't just call, like, it was clear. The Jews were asking for a Savior to take them away from the Roman rule. That was clear. So when they're screaming, save us, save us, save us, no one was questioning, what do you need to be saved from? They knew. Everybody knew. But we all have things that we need to be saved from. We all have things that we need to be changed in my own life, transformed in our own life. Our stresses, our sicknesses, our diseases, our sins, our struggles, our difficult circumstances, our tough decisions, our family situations, our troubled relationships, whatever the case may be, that our Lord is asking us, okay, you keep saying you want me to save you. What do you want me to save you from? And if we really want to know if we've accomplished the idea that Christ is our king, is my personal king, then it's easy by just figuring out the list of your priorities in general and per day. Do we prioritize our Lord in our life? You know, when, when a, uh, anybody is having visitors come over, they make sure that their house is clean. They make sure that the environment is nice the, so that they enter in. But if you notice, many times it's from a surface. You know, I remember when my parents used to have people over, like if Abuna was coming over or anything, and they would say, okay, go, we have to clean the house. And it was just like, we'd spend like a whole day, two days cleaning the house. And my parents would come into my room and say, you didn't clean your room. I was like, is Abuna coming into my room? Like, are we sitting here? And they're like, no, but the whole house has to be clean. We said, okay. So then again, you, you move stuff, you put it in the closet, you, stuff under the bed, like you're just trying to put the image that things are good. And that's what the people did. The image was good. They looked great. The palms and the chanting, everything looked fantastic. But if we're having Christ enter into our world, just as we see from the gospel, he's king, we give him the keys. We give him full access to the house. We give him full access to every closet and every room and under the bed and behind the, the stuff and in the backyard, in the storage and in the garage. All the stuff that we are hiding. All the stuff that we are covering, that we are embarrassed about. And that's what this week is about. Giving God complete access to change me, to transform me, to take my sin on the cross with him when we celebrate on Friday. Christ 
went in through the gates of Jerusalem. He went in through, he broke the gates of Hades, broke the gates of hell. He even entered through the, 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 the door of the tomb, like he exited out of the door of the tomb. He entered into the upper room with the disciples after the resurrection. All of these things without permission. He didn't ask if he can enter into Jerusalem. He didn't ask if he can enter into Hades. He didn't ask if he can enter, if he can exit the tomb. He didn't ask all of these things. But that's because there was access. For us, we stand at the door and we say, okay, God, it's a, imagine you having a guest come over and you say, okay, you can come over, but please just sit right here. Not over here, sit here. Don't touch anything. Don't, don't ask for anything. I will, I will come to you and give you whatever I think you need. What kind of guest is that? And that's what we do with God. We say, God, I'm going to give you my life during this time. God, I'm all yours during this time. And so, as we celebrate this feast, we look at this and say, okay, no, I want to be the host where God, come, take whatever you want, change whatever you want. Come and flip the tables inside my heart. Flip the tables in my life. The things, that relationship that I can't fix, that I can't stop, the, this unhealthy relationship, or this really bad habit that I really can't stop, that truly, God, I don't want to stop. This habit, I don't want to stop it. This friendship that is not good, but you know what, God, that's okay. This type of language, this what I watch, what I listen to, God, everybody does it. So just please leave this alone. Don't touch that. But our role is to say, God, you're in charge. I want to be completely vulnerable and exposed to you. This is what we learn from this story. What we learn that our Lord comes humbly. He's not coming in like to, to fight us. He's coming in and asking us, do you want me to be your king or not? So our Lord won't force himself into our life. Also, we need to want, we need to want him to come in and to celebrate his arrival. To celebrate his arrival. To celebrate him in a way where we're excited. How many times do we come to church and we just kind of drag ourselves here and we're, we're standing here and we're just like, okay, when, or when is this over? But our Lord is on the altar right now. Our Lord is here. And that's why we're here to partake of his body and blood. And lastly, to give him complete control. Complete control. When a king comes in, we are now a part of his kingdom. A kingdom means there's a lifestyle that is, that is to be lived. A style of living that the king establishes and that we continue on. 
I ask that this week, as our Lord is, is knocking on the door, that we let him in. That as our Lord is knocking at the door, we're able to hear the knocking, we open the door for him, and we celebrate. We celebrate. We celebrate because he wants to fix those things in our life. He wants to. He's coming to do that. But he won't force it. And that's the amazing thing. He didn't force it with Adam and Eve. He gave them free choice, free will. And he's not going to force it with us. This week, this week is called Holy Week. A week that we have an opportunity to be holy. A week that we can be transformed from whatever situation we're in to becoming holy people. Us, every single person, every single person here can be holy this week. But it's what we want to put into it. It's what we want to invest into it. It's what we want to take out of it. It's how much we're going to put and how much we're going to allow God to change in our lives. So I pray that this week is not only a week that we enjoy, but it's a week that transforms us. A week that is not just counting how many hours we're in church, but a week that we're, we, we can't wait to, for the next service to start. And if we're at work, that we're following along. We're reading uh, the, the, and praying the prayers of Vesha. And we do this, this thing so that we can also die with him and rise and have a new life with him in the resurrection. And glory be to God forever. Amen.